appreciate you. The sister testified they were scared of picking the phone. But today they were rejoicing. Amen. Today they were celebrating. Amen. It is not by their own doing. Amen. Jesus, you are the reason why they are celebrating. Amen. Jesus, you are the reason why today is there for them. Amen. Father, we appreciate you, Lord. We lift your name up and glorify you. Lord, we use them as point of contact for people that are looking for good things like this. That, Lord, these people also will celebrate. You will be the reason for them to celebrate in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, almighty God. Father, as we go to your word, come and talk to us yourself. Exactly what you want us to know. Father, pass the message across to us in the mighty name of Jesus. We rebook every spirit of sleeping, every spirit that will not allow the message to stay in our heart. Father, we rebook it in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Almighty God. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Please put your hand together as you have your seat. Please have your seat. God is good. And not the time. Yes. There was an argument between a lawyer and a doctor and a preacher. And that argument has to do with hunting. Who is the best hunting among them? So they decided to put it together as a competition. So they went on hunting competition. So they went to the wood, to the forest, to hunt. The, and there's a giant trophy to be won at the end of the day. So remember a lawyer, a doctor, and a preacher. Maybe we have the three set here. Hallelujah. So suddenly there was an antelope that ran past them. And they all fired at the same time. And the antelope dropped dead. On examining the animal, they discovered just only one bullet hole in the animal. And they couldn't know which of them had shot this animal. So they decided to take it to forensic experts to check who has done that. That whose bullet among them have killed this animal. And the winner will take the trophy. After examining the animal, the expert tried to figure out who among them had fired the shot. He asked them questions. Every one of them, he asked them questions. And he carefully examined the antelope. Then he declared, the preacher shot the antelope. They were all surprised. 
How did you know that is the preacher that has shot the antelope? Then he bent down and pointed to the wound. Say, see here. It went in in one ear and out in the other ear. <laughs> so, brethren, as we go into the message today, I don't want the message to go into one ear and pump out at the other ear. Because many of us were in the church. If I should throw a question out that what is the first song that was sung today? Hardly many may not remember. It has gone into one ear and pumped out at the other ear. Why? Why? I want you to ask yourself. So if you cannot remember what happened today, how do you remember the first message of the year? I know a lot of us, we are taking notes. We jot things down. We need to grow. Spiritually, we need to grow. You might be a born again. You might be a preacher. You might be a cell leader. You might be any leader. If you are not developing yourself, you will not grow. If you know only our Father who art in heaven, Lord be thy name, you will only know that. You need to grow. So we have to make sure that every message do not go in one ear and push out from the other side. Like I said, many people are here just because of praise and worship. The moment the praise and worship is over, they switch off their mind. You are the same set of people that the message go in one ear and pump out at the other side. And this makes it difficult for Christians to differentiate between the truth and false. Because they cannot remember what has been taught to them. This causes spiritual wreckage for many Christians. We need to grow. We need to develop ourselves. And our growth requires knowledge. I'm titling my message today, We Know the Certainty of God. We Know the Certainty of God. Tell your neighbor it is certain. Okay, ask him, what is certain? You have to answer. Something must be certain. And when something is certain, no doubt, there is no alternative to what? To certain. It is sure. So, if you don't have that certainty, begin to think of something in your life that is certain before the end of the year. And God will do it for you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. So, God wants us to know. God wants us to know that we can grow. And He wants us to know that we can develop ourselves. That is certain that God wants every Christian to grow. And when we say God wants us to know, God wants us to grow. So what does the word know means? 
That is, be aware, be aware of true observation or inquiry or informed. Or, you know, you have developed a relationship with someone. You know that person. Through meeting, spending time. You are familiar with that person. In the book of First John, I want NIV, book of First John, the word known is used many times in that book of First John. I will quickly give you some example of it. First John 2 verse 3. I read from New King James Version now. It read, By now, this we know, that we know, that we know him, if we keep his commandment. For you to grow, that verse said by now. It said now by this. What does that mean? By experience. We know that we know him. And there is terms and condition there. If we keep his commandment. First John 2.5 I'm reading from New King James Version again. But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. So it is certain that you are in him. You know that it is certain that you are in God. Because you have relationship with him. Chapter 3, verse 14 says, We know that we have passed from death to life because we love our brothers. Because we love our brother. Anyone who does not love remains dead. It is certain you must love your brother so that you will remain alive. That is certainty of God. It is certain. Verse 16 says, that is chapter 3. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our life for our brothers. Generally, in that first John, chapter 5, from verse 11 to 21, First John chapter 5, verse 11 to 21. And this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life. And this life is in His Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to His will, He will hear us. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked of Him. If anyone sees his brother commit a sin that does not lead to death, he should pray and God will give him life. I refer to those whose sin does not lead to death. There is a sin that leads to death. I am not saying that he should pray about that. All wrongdoing is sin, 
and there is sin that does not lead to death. We know that anyone born of God does not continue to sin. The one who was born of God keeps him safe, and the evil one cannot harm him. We know that we are children of God, and that the whole world is under the control of the evil one. We know also that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know Him who is true, and we are in Him who is true, even in His Son Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. Dear children, keep yourselves from idols. Praise the Lord. There are a lot of we know, we know, we know. But that is not where I'm going. There are five certainty in those verses that have been read. So these five truths is what we are going to examine today. Because of our time, I will quickly move into those points. I don't want you to sleep like I said from the beginning. Don't allow this message to burst out from the other side. Don't shut down your mind. Don't think about that negative situation. Even the positive situation, don't think about it. If you are looking into those things, your mind will be away from here. And you may not grab these five truths that, we, that is in these uh, verses that we have read. If you observe, there are a lot of, we know that, we know that. Number one, we know that there is certainty of salvation. We know that there is certainty of salvation. That is, we know that there is conviction. Conviction of salvation. Because our Lord Jesus Christ, we know that salvation is what? Is certain. From verse 11, NIV, and this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life. And this life is in His Son. The life is in His Son. It is certain. That life is in His Son. And what is certain again? Verse 12. Who has the Son has life. That means you are not dead. You have the, the Son, you have life. In the other way around, whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. The declaration is in verse 13. I write this thing to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know that you have eternal life. So it is certain when you know the Son, when you are sent to Jesus Christ as your Lord, as Savior, salvation, it is certain. So it is when you believe and become a born again that you can boast of this, that you can say that it is certain that my salvation is certain. Because when you become a born again, you become a new bird. You become a changed person. You become a new creation. And all things in your life have passed away. Your behaviors will change. Everything about you will change. We know that God has given us that internal life. And that life is in his son. So you need to recognize this. 
Let's look at the internal life in the present possession of believers. We see in this, in the verse 11, that God has given. And verse 12 is saying, talking about past life. Again, verse 13 says, you have internal life. That is, if you are born again, if you are a child of God, you have that internal life. That is, at present, you have it. If you are not deviating, if you are not derailing, you have that internal life. Internal life is also a future fact. Because of the new birth, when you leave this world, when you leave this world, you are going to reign with him in his father's house, where there are many mansions. Antana itself means without beginning and without end. But in case of our own life, we can say internal life has beginning. And what is that beginning? The day you have taken that decision, the day you have decided that, yes, Lord, here I am, save me. That is the beginning of your internal life. Praise the Lord. The only way to have internal life is through the Son. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. He's a dead person, even though he's walking. He's a dead person. We know that Jesus said the same thing in John 14, 6. I'm the way and the truth and the life. No one come to me. No one come to the Father except through me. So Jesus wants you to have the sense of certainty that yes, it is certain when you come to me, you will be saved. In John 20, 31, John wrote, But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Everything in his name. You need to know the Son. And the moment you are saved, it is certain that salvation is yours. Praise the Lord. So, verse 13, like I said, try to convince you. If you are not sure that you are saved, verse 13 of that first John 5, we convince you. I write this thing to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. That is the conviction there. So hold on to this truth and you'll be set free and you will have that eternal life. So we know that it is certain that we will have salvation the moment that you are a new birth. Praise the Lord. Second Corinthians five seventeen says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. We know that that number two now. We know that there is certainty of answer intersection. Every Thursday, every Saturday, the intercessory team they are always there to pray on my behalf, on your behalf. 
It is certain that that prayer, those prayers will be answered. So we know that there is certainty of answer intersection. So we see this second point in that same First John 5, verse 14 to 17. NIV I read, This is the confidence that we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. It is certain. At times we might be praying amiss. You might be praying to a different direction. Your prayer might be focusing on a different area. Your prayer might be focusing on what is not God's will. It is certain that if you ask anything according to His will, He hears us. No doubt about it. There is no alternative. Sometimes you might be thinking your prayer is not answered. Pastor gave the message last year here. The will of God will come to pass. Verse 15. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask of him. It is also certain. We know that. It is certainty in God. We know that, that whatever we ask, in his name, in his son's name, we ask from him that we will have the answer. His sister say, if you see any brother or sister committing sin that does not lead to death, you should pray and God will give them life. That is, you see somebody dying, you pray because that person is in sin. You pray, God will give life. Your prayer may be the first aid that he required at that time to lift him up, to lift his spirit up. So in these verses, we know that it convinces and the assurance is there. It shows that you have to pray with confidence. It is certain. You need to pray with confidence because we know that we are saved. Because you know that you are saved, you pray with confidence. When we pray with confidence, we will receive the answer. Because we have accepted His Son as our Lord and Savior. This is an assurance that our prayer will be heard. Our confidence in prayer is founded in the certainty of eternal life. These verses from verse 14 to 17 is assuring us. At your time, try to read it and digest it. You will know that the confidence, that those verses build your confidence. And the word confidence means cheerful courage, boldness. You are very bold to ask. It's like a child want to ask the father for something. He has the confidence of going there. But if the, if the same child wants to ask his uncle, he might be dragging feet. But the moment it is the parent, he will go directly because he has that confidence. So we know that we do not have to be shy when we approach God. God is our father. 
He is there to answer us. Hebrew 10, 22. Hebrew 10, 22. Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith. Full assurance of faith. Draw closer to Him. Go to Him with confidence and the assurance that, yes, your prayer will be answered. Have that certain mind. Have that certainty that, yeah, it is certain. No alternative. My prayer will be answered. And when we have confidence that God hears, and if it is in line, that's condition there. It has to be in line with his will. It's like somebody who wants to buy a car. If it is not the will of God for him to purchase that car, even if he save the money, something will happen, he will divide the money. Because if it is not the will of God for him to have the vehicle at that time, that that vehicle might lead to his death, it will never happen. You pray and pray and fast and fast, it will never happen because that is not the will of God. So don't forget that it has to be in line with his will. Then he will grant our request. And how do you know when it is the will of God? That is why you need to be praying for the Holy Spirit. God, give me the Holy Spirit. So that you'll be able to discern that what I'm asking for is the will of God. And whenever God is talking to you as well, that this is not the time. This is not the time. Don't force it. Mark 14, 36. Yet, not what I will, but what you will. Who was talking here? Jesus Christ. He prayed. He said, yet, not what I will, but what you will. So, when we know that we can pray with confidence, our faith will grow. In those verses, that is 14 to 17, we know that we can pray with compassion. This is what we should know that when a brother or a sister is committing sin, we can pray with kindness, we can pray with concern. You see him is going wrong way. You must be concerned as a child of God. You might cancel him, you might talk to him or her or anybody, but you need to go on your way, on your knee, and pray. That is what verse 16 and 17 is talking about. So now, we know that from those two verses, 14 and 17, that we are called to pray. Not just for yourself. You pray for your brethren. As we are sitting down, let's pray for our neighbor. I don't know your prayer point, just as you are sitting down, just pray for your neighbor as God leads you. Pray for, for your neighbor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, if you don't pray and your neighbor is praying for you, God knows everybody's heart. May God help us in Jesus' name. James 5, 19 to 20. 
James 5, 19 to 20, it says, My brother and sister, if one of you should wander from the truth, and someone should bring that person back, remember this. Whosoever turned a sinner from the error of their way, will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sin. So we need to think of what can happen whenever we pray. So when people begin to imagine that, okay, I'm empty, they begin to know that because of your prayer, the brother who has been a drug addict started changing. Even you yourself, you will be happy. When the prodigal son Somebody who has refused to follow God and you pray and you see him coming back to church, you will be happy. When the husband begins to love the wife, the home will be very sweet. The home will be very pleasant. And you will be happy. That is certainty in the Lord. When the wife begins to respect the husband, the home will be a godly home. When you, as parents, you begin to praise your child, you begin to recognize all effort of your children, then your prayer has been answered. And when the kids also begin to honor their parents, for those of you that you are still having your parents, you are still kid in the hand of your parents, that is how they still see you. When they see you, they smile. Each time they'll be saying, thank God my prayer has been answered. Even though you have your own child, they will still be happy. Praise the Lord. In book of 1 Psalm 12, 23, he says, as for me, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord by failing to pray for you. Let's always cultivate the habit of praying for our neighbor. We just pray for our people that sit beside us. So, number one point, we know that there is certainty of salvation. There is conviction, conviction of salvation. We know that there is certainty of answered prayer. That's number two. Number three, we know that there is certainty of victory. Jesus himself, the Son, has overcome the evil ones. It's a victory. It's a victory because you know Jesus Christ. John reiterates this in verse 18 of that first John 5, verse 18. We know that anyone born of God does not continue to sin. The one who was born of God keeps them safe and the evil one cannot harm them. That is victory. It is certain because you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that no evil, nothing will harm you. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. It is certain. No alternative. Why? Because you have, you have accepted the Son. So we know that there is certainty of victory. What am I saying here? Sin should not be something that is very sweet to us. 
That is, it is not something that we enjoy doing. It is not something that we always put into practice. Because, verse 18, let us know that there is victory. Anyone born of God does not continue in sin. And with this, nothing will harm you. We cannot continue to live in sin and again enjoy the relationship. Yes, our God is God of mercy. There might be an elasticity point, a breaking point, if you continue in sin. So, brethren, we need to get closer to God, get closer to Jesus Christ, so that the promise of God in our life will come to pass. It does not matter your past. It doesn't matter what has happened in the past. The moment you know that, you know that, that it is certain that you accept this Son of God, that victory is sure. So our conduct must reflect the Christ in us. So, we must always have the positive mind that, yes, victory is ours. Because it is certain. I don't know the situation you are passing through. I don't know the condition you are. But always have that confidence. Have the conviction that, yes, I'm victorious. And Christ will continue to keep you safe from arms of evil ones. God and Jesus will continue to attend to every of your situation. And he will continue to guide you. He will protect you. Because you are his, his possession. He possesses you. He lives in you. Satan cannot harm you. He can't do anything. But we have responsibility as well. Jesus is in control, but we have responsibility. James 4, verse 7. And what is responsibility there? James 4, verse 7. If you know that you don't want to be harmed, if you know that you don't want anything to touch you, you want to be victorious, James 4, 7 says, brother, Submit yourselves then to Submit God. yourself then to what? To who? To God. To God. And, and do what? Resist the devil. And what will happen? And he will flee from you. Tell your neighbor, resist the devil. Resist the devil. Then ask him what will happen. He will flee away. Thank God. God bless you. First John 4, 4 say, You dear children are from God. And have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. It is certain. That's part of the certainty in God. There is no alternative. It cannot be doubt. He who is in you is greater. There is no mathematical equation to this. It is certain. So, number one, we know that there is certainty of salvation. Number two, we know that there is certainty of 
answer intersection. Number three, we know that there is certainty of being in the family. There is certainty of victory. Then number four, we know that, you know, why people we know that in that first John, there are a lot of, we know that, we know that, that is assurance. We know that there is certainty of being in the family of God. Who can guess which verse? We can see that. 19. Thank you, brother. God bless you. And God bless everybody. We know that we are children of God. If I say somebody, some group of people are my children. You don't know me, I just say, these are my children. What comes to your mind that they are my family? So, we know that we are children of God. And that the whole world is under the control of the evil ones. So it is obvious that we are members of God's family. Tell your neighbor, I'm a member of God's family. What about you? <laughs> Hallelujah. We know that it is also evident that those who are not God's children are under the control of who? Again? Okay, let's look up and read what verse 19 says. Can we read it you, together? You dear children okay. are from God and have overcome them. We know that we are children of God and that the whole world is under the control of the evil one. We know also that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding. Thank you, brother. So we know that those that they are in the those ones that are not in the arms of God, they are under the control of evil ones. So I pray that you will never find yourself in the arms of evil ones. Amen. Children of God, if you are born again. You are one of God's children. I don't need to tell you the children of Satan. That is the contrast to that. That is the opposite of what I've just said. If you are unbeliever, you are not yet a child of God. By default, that person might be under the control of evil ones. Don't allow devil to dictate your life. Don't allow devil to control you. Jesus Christ has said, in my father's house, there are a lot of mansions. You are not going to pay any house rent, no agreement. You are not going to sign any agreement with uh, municipality. Right now, you are building the visa to go there. And the, uh, in the exam, when they she, they, we call it uh, expo in Nigeria, that they have expo, that is the secret, the answer has been exposed to them. You have the expose now to go to heaven. The secret has been given to you. And what is this secret? Believe in the Son. Accept the Son. You will join Him in living in, in His Father's house, where we have a lot of mansion. Hallelujah. The book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 
confirm that. That is for for now. The God of this age has blinded the mind of unbeliever. The evil one that control has blinded their mind. They cannot. They couldn't see the light. They could not. That is why we need to play, pray for them. The God of this age has blinded the mind of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel, of the glory of Christ, who is in the image of God. They couldn't see that light. But you and me, to God be the glory, we can differentiate between light and darkness. Praise the Lord. So when we are born again, we know that there is certainty of salvation. That assurance is there for us. It is certain we are going to reign with him. We know that there is certainty of answered prayer. Certainty of answered intersection. We know that there is certainty of victory. Victory is ours. Because we are born again. We know that we belong to God's family. That is certain. We know that we belong to him. Those are the four points I've mentioned. The fifth point. We know that there is certainty that Jesus is God. Jesus is what? And what verses is talking about that? From the first John 5, verse 20. Can you read it? We know also that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know Him who is true. And we are in Him who is true, even in His Son Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. He is the true God and eternal life. He came. He put away everything for him to be in God, to be God in heaven and came like a human being to this earth. The Son of God has come. He is true. He is the true God. Meaning that he is genuine. He is authentic. This is the understanding that we should know. That Jesus Christ is the true Son of God. Jesus Christ is the genuine and authentic Son of God. He has come to this world. Forgetting about his status in heaven. So when you know him, that shows that you are saved. And when you are saved, you can understand every spiritual matters. And this is what all Christians should be looking at. This is all what Christians should believe at. This is all what Christians should know that, yes, Jesus Christ is God. So, but if you are not saved, you will not have this conviction. You will not understand spiritual matters at all. You will never understand because you are not saved. First Corinthians 2, verse 14. I'm talking about the 
being safe here so that you can understand the spiritual matters. So 1 Corinthians 2 verse 14. The person without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God. Yes, if you don't have that spirit, you will never accept anything that comes through the spirit of God. Because you don't have the understanding. But considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the spirit. Even sometimes you may read the word of God. The meaning may not come to you because you are not having the spirit. You are not having the understanding of the spirit of God. You need to ask God, God give me the signing spirit that will enable you to identify, that will enable you to know that yes, this is the right path to follow. This is the right thing to do. This is the right way to follow. You can only have the spirit of God to do that. So brethren, you need to ask for the Spirit of God to lead you, to guide you, to direct you. And then, you are sure of those five points. That is, salvation. That is what? Salvation. You are sure of it. When you have, when you have accepted the Son, as your Lord and Savior. Then you will have the answer intersection. You will believe that whenever you pray, yes, it will be answered. You will believe that the intercessory team that are coming to pray every Thursday and Saturday, you will believe that the prayer point you have sent to them is answered. You will also believe that your own personal interceding in your own house has been answered. Again, you will believe that the Spirit of God has given you the victory. And you will also believe that you belong to God's family. When they are talking about the children of God, you have the conviction, you have the certainty that, yes, it is certain. I'm part of this family. Even if you don't understand the language they are speaking of, but because you belong to the children of God. You will join them. So, this is the understanding that God wants us to know that we can grow when we become born again. Every born again needs to grow. As a born again, you need to develop yourself. You need to read the word. But, suddenly, in that book of John, First John, at the closing, if fire is short, if fire is short, the last verse, verse 21. He said, warning shot. Dear children, keep yourself from idols. Dear children, keep yourself from idols. That is everything that uh, John has been saying. At the end, he called them, he said, dear children. When you say somebody is dear to you, it's close to your heart. Keep yourself from idol. I know immediately I mentioned idol. What comes to our mind are those images that are being put in one side. You know, the world is modernizing. Every time in the office they used to ask us, you are doing it this way. Suggest another way we can do it. The world is changing. So also this 
idols are also changing. They are moving with the world. I know by now, your mind will be telling you what are those idols. It's not just all the images they are putting in one corner or in somewhere or a statue somewhere. They are not just the idols. Just as technology is improving every day, so also the idols also want a way to take away the children of God from them. So that is why John was sounding a note of warning. Keep away from idols. If I may ask you, whose responsibility is to keep away from idols? My responsibility? No, you say my responsibility. Praise the Lord. So that is the warning that John has given at close of that the first book of uh, John. So we must keep ourselves away from idols. 1 Corinthians 10, 14 says that we are to flee from idolatry. So, very quickly, because our time is always gone. Like I said, things are getting modernized. So also the idols also, they are getting modernized. So we must take our eyes away from many of these. There are modern day idols which has to do with money, business, job. Imagine, even children can be an idol. Some people are praying, God give me child, give me child. When they get one, God add another one. They get number one, number two, add another one. Number three, add another one. They want to make a football team. At the end of the day, they'll be giving excuses. Oh, because of my children, I couldn't attend the weekly program. You turn them to idol. So there are a lot of idols as we are here with many people. Some people, because the message is going from one side and pumping out at the other side. The idol is telephone, the iPad, all these things. They are part of the idols. In the service, put your phone on silent or put in flight mode. They will not do that. It will still ring. It's an idol. Anything that will occupy your mind, including anything that will allow that message to go from this side and pump out from this side, is an idol. Pull them away. That is the last warning that John has given. And I pray that we will heed to this warning. And it is certain. The certainty is there. No doubt, there is no alternative that God is on the throne and he will resolve every situation that is negative in our life. May God bless his word. As I bring this service to a close, I have a question to ask every one of you. How many of you are living? If you are living, put up your hand. I still see that some hands are down. So, all right. Uh, so, we have the living in the midst of the dead. That's okay. Now, the living, those of you who put up your hands and said that you are living, answer me this question. 
how many of you have life because thank you brothers sisters first john chapter 5 verse 12 says this he who has the son has life he who does not have the son of god does not have life so it's very simple you don't need somebody from the pulpit to tell you this but we need to talk to god church let's be on our feet you've heard about the certainty of god certainty means sureness 100% the absolute truth and so we need to take that call with an absolute surety do i know that i have god in my life that i am the son of god do i have life today am i living but i don't have life talk to god because without the son we are dead and what we heard today was the certainty of god are you sure of your salvation there is no way forward without being sure of these answers because in christ you know with a certainty with an absolute fact the absolute truth that you know that you are saved you know that your future is secure you know where you're going tomorrow when you are called from this earth and right here you know for a fact that your prayers and my prayers will be answered that is the certainty of god do we have this god in our life talk to god right now do we taste victory the certainty of victory the absoluteness of victory because in god you are a victor you are an overcomer that's what the bible tells us you can't be a loser if if god is with you the devil may tell you that the world may tell you that your bank balance may tell you that you are a loser it doesn't matter because with god you are a victor and that's it that's settled there's no more questions there you are a child of god and if you are a child of god you are a heir to his kingdom and you are a heir to his everything and so if he has said that there is a mansion for you that is a fact that is a surety that is a certainty thank god for that it doesn't matter if you don't build a mansion here it doesn't matter many of us have been trying to build mansions maybe we haven't succeeded it doesn't matter because we have a better mansion 
And we're getting there. Do we have the certainty, the conviction to tell somebody that yes, Jesus is God? That's what, that's the certainty of God in your life. With boldness, you and I can speak. Jesus is not one among gods. Jesus is God. Declare that because that's the certainty of who God is in your life. Church, let's just thank God because He has reminded us again that in Him we have an absolute certainty of our tomorrows. We have an absolute certainty of who we are. We have an absolute guarantee of our days tomorrow, of our, of our future. Because with Christ we are everything. In Him we have our life. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Father God, for reminding us of who you are, Lord Father. Father God, you are not one who wavers. You are not one who's like the, like the wind who's here one day and gone the next day. You are not like the wave which comes and then disappears. But you are there for us all the time, Lord Father. And Father God, we are so grateful, Lord. Father God, we are so grateful, Lord, that any time we open our eyes, you are there, Lord Father. Your eyes are always upon us, Lord Father, watching us when we are awake, when we are sleeping, Lord Father. And we thank you, Lord, that you are there to tell us when we go wrong also, Lord. Because you love us so much, Lord Father, that you cannot bear to lose us to the devil. And it is with that certainty that you are stretching out your hand. Your love for us is so great, Lord. And Father God, we are truly grateful today. And we thank you, Lord, that you have reinforced that into our life this, e this afternoon, Lord. Father, we thank you for your servant whom you have used, Lord Father. We thank you, Lord, for the word that you put into his, into his thinking, Lord Father, into his mind, into his heart, that he could elaborate it to us. Bring it to us with clarity of thought, Lord Father. And Father God, we pray, Lord, that you will bless him, Lord Father. You will anoint him the more, Lord Father, so that he will bring us more truth in days to come, Lord. Pray, Lord, that you will bless him and his family. And they shall indeed be a blessing, Lord Father. Thank you, Father, for every one of us gathered here. We commit ourselves into your hands, Lord Father. And Father, as we step out of here, Lord Father, we walk out in the certainty that we are victors, Lord Father. We give all glory to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's share the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all, now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen.